with a big old Om Namo Gurudev Namo. We have Q&A on the Bruja Report today. And I'm so happy um, that Phaedra reminded me what I originally wanted to talk about here. And it's about um, financial transitions from patriarchy to matriarchy. So patriarchies uh, are all about money and money exchange. And matriarchies are a lot more geared towards cooperation and bartering. And so I was told early on in my career, and I'm really grateful for this because I was losing a lot of money through bartering. But what we're doing in these Q&As is supplementing the work that we're already learning on Breaking Broke. And one of the first things that I lay down in Breaking Broke is like, stop the bartering. And if you're early on in business, like definitely implement this because I know so many people that are hardly paying their bills at all. And work exchange always ends up being more work than you think. And it can just be really complicated in the beginning. But I found myself at a junction in my business where there was a lot of bartering, a lot of work that I really wanted to take on from people that I knew couldn't pay me the way that I had billed myself. Um, and I was in this major dilemma because I was like, I don't want to fuck this up. I don't want to switch completely to the bartering system. And I was like, it's because how you speak to the universe about money is so important and making sure that like your actions really align with how you want to be paid was one of the most tedious things that I ever navigated, which is why I made my workshop Breaking Broke. And as we're revisiting it this year as a group, the same way that I revisit it every year, and we're all doing Sobog Kriya together, we're all learning so much about our relationship to money and mainly the ways we block ourselves from receiving it. Um, we have to take into account structural integrity, like can our business support this type of success? Do we have inroads for money to come into us? Do we have help? Can we delegate, et cetera, et cetera? Um, but one of the things that I was noticing as I revisited it this year was like bartering was something that was starting to feel really right for me. And I was like, I just don't want to lose all of my money. And I really prayed about it for several days. And what I was shown was that like, we're transitioning a patriarchy lasts for 2,500 years a matriarchy lasts for 2,500 years. This is roughly an age. So, you know, the age of Aquarius was a the age, the, sorry, the Piscean age was a patriarchy. The age of Aquarius is a matriarchy. Now, towards the end of a patriarchy or a matriarchy, we're going to see it at its worst. So right now at the tail end of this patriarchy, we're seeing like how corrupted things get when money is the only motivator. So for example, 5G has so many health concerns, so many health risks, but you know that a company is going to do it. It's like a space race. Like someone's going to do it. It doesn't matter if it hurts humanity. The ultimate goal is just money. Like people straight up don't care if it makes other people sick. Similar with like AI, like everybody knows that like AI can be weaponized so fast, even if it's unintentional, yet people don't give a shit because they want to make money. So this is what we observe at the end of a patriarchy. Now in 2,500 years, when we're observing the end of the matriarchy, we'll see the way that things just completely collapse when there's no incentive to work harder or do better. It can't, that's why it's so important to have a combination of masculine and feminine. And that's what we've, our generation has been uniquely gifted with is that we're, we're in that age of transition, of transition. You know, we have access to incredible spiritual powers, but technologically we're savvy. Like we're, we're using the combination of, of both masculine and feminine. And as a result, that's why it's been so difficult for me to navigate bartering versus cash system, because I was thinking it had to be all one 
or all the other. And what I really feel is like we're in that transition right now. So here's some tips about bartering because I've, and most people will fuck this up in the beginning, which is why I think it's just a good rule of thumb to not barter when you're new to business. If you need cash, if you need cash, like, dude, take the fucking cash. But if you are going to barter, we are at a perfect time to do it. So there'll be a lot of opportunities for you to do this, but be very clear of exactly what you want and write it down. And it's super important that both parties in a barter have put a value on what it is that they bring. So if I charge $2,500 for, for an hour of consultation, but it's not an hour, I charge 30 grand for a year of coaching and that's 12 sessions. Now, outside of those 12 sessions, we're talking all the time. I'm thinking about you all the time. We're texting all the time. So it's not like one hour, wham, thank you, ma'am. You don't even get a bam. Like it's, a, it's an experience, but I've valued my experience and what I do is $30,000 per year for 2020. And that grows. Now, in order to barter with somebody, they have to have put a value on what it is that they do. And that can take people a while. But you, if, if I'm trading you, you know, my super valuable art that nobody else can do except for me, I don't want to trade it with you for a $500 painting. I'm not going to trade a $2,500 service for $500 painting. And especially if you're doing trades with people or offering people some of your product for, let's say like influencers, you need to be really clear about what you want in return. Okay. I'm giving you this $800 product. How much do you charge to, you know, to advertise something? Okay. $100 per post. I want eight posts. I want them crediting my website and I want to see X, X, and X being super clear about it. With bartering, there can't be any sense of like, okay, well, I'll get you and then you get me back. And I really don't think, had I, had I not had the boundaries that I have now that I earn from saying no to bartering situations and saying no to free work, I don't think I would be able to handle these bartering situations quite so elegantly. And look, I've handled it fucking messily as well this year, especially in the department of work exchange. Like turns out work exchange doesn't really work for my business so well. Um, and that's okay. But if people can't afford to pay me money for my workshops, for my art that I've brought into the world, then they need to give me something in exchange. It can be their art, something that they brought into the world, provided I want it, provided I'm willing to do it. Or there needs to be a very like specific trans and unmoving transactions. You work for me four hours a week for as long as we are in this exchange. Yes, I'm giving you one hour of my time and you're giving me four hours of yours per week and not per month. But that's the value of valuing yourself. So if you have, you know, I'm, I'm loud and proud about being a doomsday prepper nowadays because hang on. The world's fucking weird, dude. And like, I grew up in a doomsday cult. If there was ever anybody who was like resistant to the idea of prepping, it was me, believe me. But 
the things that are going on right now are just so damn biblical. Like I swear, every time I read the news, I'm like, I feel like I already knew that this was going to happen. And learning how not to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to like how much of my feeling that I need to be prepared in case something should happen is coming from childhood trauma and how much of it is actually my intuition speaking to me. And I know how to differentiate. This is the most common question I get. How do I know if it's my fear or my intuition? Well, how does it feel? You know, does it feel urgent? Does it feel scarce? Does it feel like there's not enough time? Does it feel stressful? Okay. That's coming from fear. But if it's coming from a place of like, this is easy. Of course we can do this right now. I can handle this then it's coming from your intuition. And over the last couple of years, um, specifically since Patrick and I made the decision to move out to the woods, like now, like not wait until we have it all figured out, move to the woods like now. Um, intuitively, it's felt really right to move to solutions that don't require electricity. Also just aesthetically, I'm into it. Um, I'm an earth sign, so like the more ways we can use the earth to support us while also supporting it back, the better. Um, but I'm like loud and proud about wanting to do this now because it feels, it feels really right for me, especially looking at, you know, right now, coronavirus is in the news a lot. There's like a fucking plague of locusts in Africa. I'm like, dude, this shit is biblical. And so I'm going to be out here. I'm not leaving here for the next seven years. I've just made that commitment. And, and we talked about an empress recently, like how much is possible when you, when you close a door. So for example, like when I finally accepted that, like I didn't really feel like traveling this year. And if I had to choose between traveling, which I don't really enjoy, which is so fucking expensive. Um, yeah, we could do it on the cheap, but we live so nicely here. I don't want to go stay in some shit hotel. You know what I mean? Um, but traveling is so expensive. It takes up all of my time. And so just like depletes our savings so fast. So if I have to choose between renovating my house and traveling, if I have to choose one or the other, which one am I going to choose? And we chose to completely renovate our house to get pigs, goats, horses, ducks. We already have chickens and dogs and cats, but, uh, to really set ourselves up with a sustainable ecosystem here. And the second I decided to close that door on traveling, another door opened up where we were able to meet some amazing regenerative landscapers that are showing us that we don't have to physically install every aspect of our Earthship add-on and our eco-friendly home that they can help us do it. That was a huge step. Um, and when you're manifesting abundance into your life, it, it comes about in so many, so many different ways. But finding the product is often the hardest part. The money is always right behind it because if you've manifested it into existence, now all you have to do is pay for it. Like you need to take that as a huge sign because it is a huge sign. You already created it out of thin air. You attracted a teacher to yourself. You attracted a home renovation, people that can help you. You attracted an idea to yourself, a way where I could grow my business a lot. Like I could really fucking do this if I put my head to it. That's the real currency. All of the money is always just right behind that. So if you found the perfect thing, the perfect wedding dress, the perfect car you want to buy, the perfect house that you want to live in, the perfect home renovation or whatever it is. When you found that perfect thing, have so much gratitude for it because you're clearly meant to have it. This or something more. You're clearly meant to have it. The money, yes or no. Does money always show up for something we're committed to? 
If you're really, really committed to it, the money always finds a way to show up. So let me give you an example about a way that I'm specifically committed right now. Um, because look, sometimes we say, okay, I'm totally committed to this because I want it so badly. But then we're like, why didn't it show up? And we feel really like decimated when that happens. So here's a very specific way. Something I love about the Bruja Report is you can always see what's going on behind closed doors. So if you've been following my business story on the Bruja Report, this will really resonate with you. Um, what was taking up the most of my time in 2019 was physically being present for every single product launch that I did. Now I do two launches a month at least and did that all last year. So that was two very high octane, very stressful events that were happening every single month. And I kind of, I didn't feel like I was growing stronger and more powerful. It kept like I was restarting energetically every month. Like, whoo, okay, we've just finished a launch. Now time for another one. And now time for another one. And it's the same way when like, if you're trying to swim far out in the ocean, you're going to get hit by a lot of waves until you go past the break line. And then it's all easy and then it all flows. But like getting out there in the beginning can be super hard. Um, and so anytime I'm installing a new way to make my business easier, it's always a transition of getting past that break line, all of the obstacles. Um, the thing is, though, is that like those assured of the outcome can wait without anxiety. So if I see, all right, I only have to swim to right there and then I'm not going to have to be swimming so much anymore. Like that's a goal. And so that's why in how to start a business from scratch. That's why I explained to you that like you want to have in the, in the video in that latte syndrome, like you want to make sure that your goal can scale. So it's not just I'm trading massages for hours. I'm trading massages for dollars. If I want to make twice as many dollars, I have to sell twice as many massages. Basically the hard work equals money belief is still very much at play there. So when we're affirming the belief money flows to me, which is the purpose of this, of the school season two. Um, the purpose of the school season one was to introduce you to a voice that can guide you within yourself and rely on it for like all of your decisions. This second one is about really installing once and for all the belief that money flows to me. And in order to do that, you have to be able to see a break line somewhere in your business where you're like, if I'm able to swim to that point, it's not going to be so hard anymore. Do you follow me? Yes or no? Say it out loud. Okay, great. So that's what, that's the whole purpose of scale is having somewhere on the horizon where you can start to believe that money flows to you easily, that you don't have to personally exert yourself and get pummeled and going through every single wave. And that's very much how I spent 2019. And when I was looking at, you know, 2020 so far, I'm like, damn, I did the same fucking thing in January and I did the same fucking thing in February. But I'm swimming towards the break line because what I've been doing is refining, refining, refining my launches so that they can go completely passive. And by completely passive, I mean, instead of me planning every single month, okay, we're going to be launching this. It's going to go like that. I created options to try it before you buy it on all of my workshops. And when people want to try a workshop before they buy it, they're putting themselves into a launch they're being sold on the, on the product through a very, very high quality video launch. Like this was, this took me three years to develop, but three years into it, I'm now at that point where I really believe that I can walk away. And these video will be constantly attracting new people to my business, constantly introducing them to work that's going to change their life.
and also like bringing them right to the door of a sale. Now this is really money flows to me. Money flows to me while I sleep. I don't have to do anything for it. Money always supports me wherever I am. Learning how to install some of these inroads like payment plans. Like you can step back and look at your financial schedules and decide that you want to change the whole thing. If you don't like that all of your money comes in at the end of the month, like all you have to do is ask, okay, how do I get money coming in every single day? From, you can change your goal from being something like $30,000 every month to $1,000 every day and start asking yourself, you know, how do I make $1,000 every day? How can I make $1,000 every day until you get an answer? Um, but so like that's, it, it's me basically creating a hologram of myself from the last three years of content to be my Instagram and sell my products 24 hours a day, 365 days a week automatically while I'm elsewhere doing something else. So I'm just trying to remember how, I, how this ties into me seeing Phaedra farming today because, uh, oh yeah, well, the life I want to live out here as like a fucking doomsday prepper straight up, I want to be out in my yard gardening, dude. I want to be playing with my animals. I want to be teaching my kid about nature. I want to have a life filled with ceremony and dirt on my hands and, and not being too attached to my electronics. Not because I feel bad about it, but like when it's winter outside, I don't mind being in the all day, but when it's nice outside, like I want to go outside. I want to be there. And that's where I was, that's what I was getting at. I know, like, I know that this has to work. I know that it has to work. And, and I'm prepared to do the work required to like make it successful. But I know that the universe wants me to have a lot of free time. I know that in my heart. Therefore, I know that the universe wants making money to be super, super easy for me. Therefore, I know that eventually going completely passive in my business, transitioning my business to 100% passive income instead of 85, I'm talking about making half a million dollars every single year at least without even thinking about it, without having to do anything for it. I know that the universe wants this to happen for me. Now, when I'm able, when I commit to something like that, when I commit to something like that, I say, I know that this has to work. It doesn't matter. Those assured of the outcome can wait without anxiety. So it doesn't matter if it's an out of the ballpark success for the first one. I'm willing to be like, what is it going to take for me to make this work? I'm down to do as whatever it is that I need to do. But if I tried my first passive launch, and it didn't go that well, and I was like, oh, you know, this obviously doesn't work, then the door would be shut there. But when I'm thinking about my long-term goal and I'm really remembering based on a, a sense of certainty, the sense of certainty that I gained from doing the work that's in the school season one and what I taught to you, like that type of certainty that God wants me to be happy. And if this is what's going to make me happy, it's eventually going to work, this or something more. So what do I need to do to make this an out of the ballpark success? And I'm willing, I'm open to absolutely everything on that. I'm open to absolutely everything on that. Like, sure, like I'm, whatever it takes, I'll make it work. But that's what co-creating success with the universe looks like. It's like really trusting that it will, it doesn't matter how long it takes, you're going to get there. 
now. When I first heard Goldie Hawn say that, I was like, what do you mean it doesn't matter how long it takes? Well, it doesn't because are you growing? You know, like if you have to restart every single month, yeah, I signed a client. Now I'm at the beginning again. I got to sign another client. It's always stressful. You're stuck in those waves, you know? You're stuck in those waves and it's easy to stay stuck in those waves for like years and years in business. That's where you get stuck if you have a job that doesn't scale. But if you have a vision, okay, there's a place that I can go. If I just work hard enough, if I just work smart enough, I can get myself out of this place that I'm stuck restarting every single month. I'm just, and when the waves come like they always do, I'm just going to duck my head under. I'm going to let it wash over me and keep my eyes on the prize. Look, I thought every single person I know that's manifested huge success in their life, it always came about a year later than they thought it was going to. Connor McGregor is a really good example of this, but you should listen to his podcast because he like really works the law of attraction. And I mean like the, the regular law of attraction. Um, it's pretty impressive, but it always takes a little bit longer than you think. But if you know, if you're like, okay, I want to go location independent within five years. I want to go completely, I want my business to be 100% passive in five years. And the reason why I want these things is because the life that I see myself living involves being out in my garden all the time. The life I see myself living has a lot of freedom in it. The life I, I see myself living doesn't involve feeling like I'm chained to my laptop or chained to anything. And it involves me living in a place that looks like this. That's the break line. Having a vision for the way that you want things to look and holding on to it without, you know, you don't have to grip something to hold on to it. But when things get hard, you're like, yes, this is very hard right now, but I know that if I keep at it, there's a goal, there's the place that I'm going and I will get there eventually if I just keep trying. So be willing to let yourself want really big things for your own life and put a timeline on it as well. If you think that the world is getting weird too, then ask yourself, by what time do I want to be living somewhere else? Within how many years do I want to be living with somewhere else? And commit to that. Because once you commit it and you say, okay, future me, I'm coming for you. Please tell me what steps to take now. I'll do anything that you guide me to do. But like, I'm coming for you. So just show me what I need to do. It'll start pulling you to it. You don't have to swim that whole way by yourself. It'll start pulling you to it. And when things are difficult, it's really nice to, uh, to have a dream you really believe in that's guiding you. So let's do some Q&A, will we? We just wrapped up, well, we, I didn't just wrap up. March 9th, Mercury retrograde will be over. And Mercury, I really wanna teach a workshop on um, archetypes and the planets. But Mercury traditionally is always asking us to review our work, to review our work, to go back and be like, does everything look good? So what have you implemented in the last year? You know, what have you put into your business? And are you sure that that's still what you want to be doing? So for me, for example, I feel like I recently overcomplicated just about everything in my life. So Mercury retrograde for me was like having a lot of these systems break down so I could look at them and be like, is this still what I want to do? Like, does this make sense for my business? And I also think that the, 
relationship between electronics and mercury is always encouraging us to think about like, how would I solve this if I didn't have my phone? You know, like how would I? And so for me, this mercury retrograde, I also started buying a lot of books, like the type of books that I want to have books on medicine, books on stitching up people, books on curing meat, books on making cheese, like all of this type of survival not surviving, but thriving, like a thriving library of all of the subjects that I want to look up in case the, like the internet goes out here all the time. I'm not trying to read them, but I want to know that if I have the question, the answer is there. And that's the significance to me of like building a library. Um, but also, you know, mercury causes issues in communication. So I've just noticed so many typos, weird misunderstanding. It makes communication really difficult, but I think that communication is like the vascular system in a business, like it's the circulatory system. It's so important without good communication, like nothing can happen. And so I feel like the communication breakdowns experienced in mercury retrograde are always pointing us towards like, how can I be clearer in my message? So whatever your message is or however you share it, or if you're wondering if you pick a fight with your spouse or not, like I, I believe that Mercury always points out like what doesn't fit so it can be adjusted. But March 9th, it, Mercury, retro, Mercury will station direct again. And uh, I'm going to be really grateful for that because I feel like I've been questioning just about everything that I've put into my business recently. And that's a really good thing. You know, the more hard questions you can ask yourself, the, the less people you have to pay to like force you to do what you inherently know is right for you. So I feel like I've taken a good, in addition to Sobog Kriya, I've taken a good hard look at like what's going on in my business recently. And I'm now I just feel like I have the container that can handle big success. And I, I didn't really feel like I had that before. So, but also I'm coming. So Saturn is kind of like the fairy godmother of the Zodiac. She shows up about a third of the way into your life, 29.5 years. And every 29.5 years, Saturn will be in the exact same position it was as, as it was on the day that you were born. And it acts as a fairy godmother because it's basically like, well, what have you learned so far? And are you, do you want to evolve or do you want to repeat? For the next 30 years, do you want to evolve or do you want to repeat? Because basically like what happened in those first early years of life is you laid down internal systems, um, responding systems that were laid down and would last you for about 30 years. So your Saturn return is all about you creating the systems and the, and the infrastructure that will make the next 30 years of your life possible. So this is the emotional infrastructure, the financial infrastructure. It'll happen to just about everybody when they're 29 and a half years old. But mine is finally coming to an end. So. Uh, I'm very excited because looking at it through that lens of like, I've been given this terrific gift to see what doesn't fit with the version of myself that I want to be and the opportunity to let so many of these things go on every level in my life. But the last three years have really been for me about installing passive income into my business as a priority. And that involves saying no to some of those one-on-one uh, -on -one clients, you know, or saying no to doing more workshops and being willing to go through those waves and waves and waves 
that you have to go through in a practical and a mental sense when you're trying to install a new belief. But the last three years have all been about installing the belief, money flows to me easily, making sure that it can happen no matter what, no matter what, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. There's no anxiety. Obstacles are just things to be overcome. And I've got my eye on the prize and I'm heading in the direction that I know I'm supposed to be going. And like, that's the importance of having that goal and understanding, you know, that like, if I have a goal to make my business hundred percent passive, no matter what, then I might also need to not have the goal of like, I'm a failure if I don't have this much money by this time. Um, like I, those two goals conflict each other. Because if I'm saying I'm going to be going through waves for probably the next couple of years, but the outcome of it is that I have a financially very successful company that I don't have to work at. That involved me saying no to a lot of ways that I wanted to spend all my time in addition to like spending all my money. And I had to rearrange a lot of my priorities to support that. Um, but wherever you are, you know, if there's one thing I would say, take away from this call, it's like, what's your vision? And if you have a partner that you collaborate with, like maybe have that conversation of like, are we where we want to be? If we're right here in five years, are we both happy about that? And when we read the news, you know, like, what are our values? You know, have we always said we wanted to, I don't know, homeschool our kids or send our kids to a different school or whatever? If these things cost money, if these things cost time, where are we going to get that time and money? Because it's going to take you, you got to build up the soil first, just like anything else. So making sure that your soil, that your life is fertile to sustain big, big, big growth, you got to start working the land right now. So I would encourage you to this week, ask yourself, where do I want to be in five years? What am I waiting for? Because there's always a step that you can take right now. All right. So, um, Everest, what are you sure? <laughs> my words, please let me speak this clearly. Um, hi Everest, please. Will you share your thoughts on delegating? Yes. Um, and this is very brief because I, the, the last two weeks were made super difficult for me because I, I inhaled a lot of staff. I brought a lot of people like onto my business through work exchange and internships and stuff like that. All like really, really cool people. But I was basically having to come up with jobs for everybody. And that was super stressing me out because like people have to tell you what they can do for you and just giving people jobs. That's, you know, when you hire your first assistant as an entrepreneur, like you're never going to be able to do that if you haven't really looked at your task list and been like, okay, here's, here's what I'm no longer willing to do. Like it takes you so much to even just open up to the idea that someone else could do it for you because it's like your baby. Um, but delegating, and I'm going to talk more about this in the school season too. And the school season, so the school season one was devoted to unified spiritual laws, getting you familiar with a language that can transform your life and establishing true 100% authentic trust between you and your soul. So that was the end because we can't do any good work without that foundation laid down. Now, when we have that language, when we have that relationship, we can start to add principles of business and also pleasure to it. So one of the business principles that we'll expand more into in the School of Business and Pleasure, which is season two, is that delegating is the third step on a three-step process that every activity you do should be 
run through. So the first question in this process is eliminate. Does this job need to be done? So here's a practical way that this works for me. Um, does this job need to be done? So I, I've always, well, for the last year, and Mercury Retrograde is saying, let's review this and see if you still want to do this. For the last year, I've been paying someone basically the whole proceeds of the Bruja report to answer DMs, handle the friend requests, and, and that type of world. Now, three years later, Bruja report isn't reliant on Instagram. It's just like a happy bonus that we have with it. Now, when I look at the DMs on my main account, it's like 30 per day. Now the DMs on the Bruja report are like three per day. And I actually would much rather talk to these people because it's my moon circle ladies is like where I'm interested in being. Um, so I've always paid someone to do the admin on that, but like, dude, social media has got to be easy. You know, like I was about to hire someone for social media too, because I had made so much work out of my social media aesthetic that I was like, I'm going to have to hire someone to do this for me because I need to free up some time. I only want to work two hours a day, five days a week. So I got to free up some time. Um, so some of the jobs that could be eliminated, now it took Sobog Kriya and a really broad perspective to be able to see this. Something that could be eliminated was having an admin for the Bruja report. And the way that I'm, let me just plug my laptop in. Where'd that go? So the way that I'm navigating that Bruja needing an admin was to install in my affiliate system a way that every single new Bruja comes into Instagram through an affiliate. So they get that affiliate payment, but also I'm paying somebody a commission to admit somebody completely into our inner circle and also take them away when they're done. So instead of paying their to instead of paying someone to sit there basically and wait for that to happen, my affiliates will get paid a commission to do that task for me. And it's the exact experience I wanted a new bruja to have, to have someone be like, let me show you around. Here are the archives. Here are the moon circles. Because there's so much going on in bruja, it's really easy to miss it. And that negates my need for an admin. So when I run it through the first question, can this be eliminated? It always goes eliminate, automate, delegate. So looking at that first job, can this be eliminated? Yes, the admin on the Bruja report can be eliminated and me making work out of my social media, that can also be eliminated. So the next stop we come to is automated. Can it be done automatically? Can it be done automatically? So when it comes to, I was like, you know, I really want to work with the algorithm. I want to do Instagram by the rules. Like I want to see what happens if I'm giving it my absolute best. Now I was going to hire somebody to do this all IRL, but that was going to be really expensive for me. And dude, like expenses add up in your business really fast. Anyone's going to be able to tell you that. The less overhead you have, the better. So before you delegate it, could you have eliminated it? Could you have automated it? So when it comes to my social media, if I really want it to look a certain way and I really don't want to be there, I can automate all the posting on my main account. No problem. I can do all of that. No problem. Um, but I was going to end up paying like $1,500 a month to have someone do this and I didn't really need it. Now, if it cannot be eliminated and it cannot be automated, only then will it be delegated. And so something that I absolutely cannot go back to doing anymore is all the little like techie putting things where they go, 
MailChimp, Podia, Squarespace. I can no longer be my best self and do that type of menial work. So when you're looking for to delegate something, you need to find somebody that does that better than you do. And my assistant Stephanie does it better than anyone else. So and in order to even get, you know, like, what are you running through these three questions? Eliminate, automate, delegate. Well, you have to have a task list and you should every month audit yourself. What are all of my tasks that I'm doing every single month? And then which one of these tasks, like, or how many of these tasks actually translate to big success in my company? And then only do those ones and ask with all of the rest of them, can it be eliminated? Can it be automated? Can it be delegated? And I'm really excited to, uh, to bring this to this next season of the school. It's basically an affordable, a very, very affordable version of Empress. All right, cool. Let's go to the next question. How should I tell a friend who wants to give me her products free that they are worth it, that, they're, that they are dollar sign, dollar sign? Um, this is such, this is actually a very deep and tricky question because a lot of people offer to give me gifts and I actually say no thank you because I'm just a very like generous person by nature. And sometimes I just feel it's the law of reciprocity. So when somebody gives me something, I feel like I owe them. And I've tried to delete this aspect of myself, but I'm a very generous and hospitable person. And that's something that I really like about myself. So it's actually easier for me to say no thank you to gifts. Um, and also, but then there's also like blocking yourself from and blocking that person from being able to work a miracle. But I had a friend who offered me a session and his sessions are very expensive. And, you know, it was a transformational session, but I felt really weird about saying yes to it because I'm like, everything that I preach is like, don't give your work away for free. Don't give your work away for free. But it's so hard when someone wants to give you a nice gift, you know, so I've, I've definitely been brought to my knees a few times from these offers, but something I really consistently teach that I feel holds up really well here is the best way to teach people is to be different. So if she is giving you her products for free and you're like, God, I just wish that you knew that if you give away your work for free, the universe can't pay you. <laughs> Like, I just wish that you knew that. Um, the best way is to just the next time you have an opportunity where somebody is asking you for something for free, you say, actually, when I give my work away for free, the universe is compelled to not pay me. Therefore, I cannot do this. Or it's against my spiritual contract to give my work away for free. Um, saying that around your friend or to your friend, the best way to teach is to be different. Don't tell them what they should do. Tell them what you've done and how it's changed you. How to double income without doubling workload for a service-based business. She's in admin management. Okay, so this is a really good question. Let me have, let me smoke a little weed. Let me drink a sip of this tea because this is a big, uh, and also I gotta say, switching to tea was the number one best thing. I only switched to tea because I liked it more than coffee. So it wasn't like I white knuckled myself away from coffee and like got onto tea. I had a vision of my future self and I asked her what her secret was. And she said, well, I stopped drinking coffee. Dude, like 
I always feel so energized after a cup of coffee, but I feel so calm after a cup of tea. And all I can say is that I've come to a point in my life where I value being calm all the time than energized part-time. And that's just the long and the short of it. But I never imagined that I could love something so much. And tea as a ceremony has brought like so much into my life. I just love it so much. So how do you double your income if you're at a job where you don't control how much you get paid? So the quickest way around this is to accept that there's two ways to do this. I'm going to show you how to get a raise from your boss, but then I'm also going to tell you uh, the quicker way around it. Because if you don't really love being an admin agent, then, you know, you can just accept that you would rather have a different job. So the number one quickest way to start making more income would be to accept that you want to make double the money in the same amount of time. And it was this realization that got Tony Robbins. It's the first seminar that Tony Robbins ever went to was some motivational speaker. You know, this is back in like the seventies or something. And this guy charged, I think $250 for the weekend. So that's a lot of money back in the seventies for personal development. But Tony Robbins went and he asked, you know, why do some people get rich and other people don't? And the guy asked him, well, do you think it's possible to make double the money in the same amount of time? And he said, yes. And he was like, what about three times the amount of money in the same amount of time? He said, yes, this is the break line that I'm talking about. If you say, I know that this is possible, I'm willing to go through the waves to get there. Like that goal that I know it's possible that money can flow to me. I know I can make double the money in half the time. I know that I can do this and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. It's called perseverance, Brenda. Um, so it's that question that marks the difference between somebody who will be prosperous and somebody that will be poor all the time. Cause there's a lot of people where if you ask them, is it possible to make twice the income in the same amount of time? They'd say no ways because all they can imagine is like working at UPS for their whole life. And there's no way, and they've never heard of anybody making double the money in the same amount of time. Um, but I would ask yourself first, you know, unless you really love being admin management, uh, then ask yourself, you know, what could I do? What's a job that I could do while being here the whole time? What's a job that I could do? You know, what's something that's like mostly mental or what does my job offer me? You know, do I, can I do a little bit of internet research on the company dollar, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that would be the quickest way to do it is to start your own thing. But I loved, I actually learned this from an episode of Broad City where the person, in order, if you decide that there's not something that you can do while you're working, so you, any, any income that you make from a new business would also add on hours in addition to your regular work week. So if that's the case, if you can't do anything but your job while you're there at that job, and if you don't like it, and you can't do anything else while you're there, then you should just leave and find a different job. And when we just, when we shut the door on something, when we just say like, okay, I accept I'm going to need a different job. <laughs> like I accept that I'm going to need a different job. Then you can start working towards that and you can start doing that. Um, but until we accept that, we can just stay uncomfortable for so, so, so long. Now, if 
how to replace yourself at work. It's the same. So look at over all of your tasks and ask yourself, you know, eliminate, automate, delegate. Could I eliminate this one job? What do you not like doing at the job that you're at? And is there any way that you could either get rid of it altogether? Is there a way that you could have a computer do it for yourself? And if not, like, is there someone that can do it better for you for cheaper than you can? And something, you know, like if you find a way, if you can't find a way to get two jobs done in the same span of time, how can you do your current job 50% faster? And if you can find a way to do your job 50% faster, then what could you do with those extra hours in the workday? And then you can start to pitch that to your boss. Like, let's say if I was able to do this work three times as fast and find a way to do all of these other cool things with that extra time that's left over, would you double my salary? I'll give you 10 times the value. Will you double my salary? So that's two ways that you can double your income without doubling your workload. Now, keep in mind, if you ask yourself, how can I do my job 50% faster? It doesn't mean rushing and stressing and stuff for half the day and then going to work on a new project for the other half of the day. It's using the eliminate, automate, delegate system and time management and understanding your own creative rhythms and stuff to create a workload that supports you. You know, not something that you're trying to crawl out from under every single day, but you can either capitalize on the hours that you're already on work, double capitalize on those by starting your own business or buy yourself some more time by learning how to do your current job faster, proposing to them what you can do for their business. Don't say, Hey, would you pay me more? And just like, give me more hours and more tasks. Cause that was like, so fucking hard for me. Just tell them, ask not what the business can do for you. Tell the business what you can do for them. That's incredibly, incredibly valuable. And those are uh, two ways that you can double your income without doubling your workload. Now on the mindset side of things, you know, double the money in half the time. That's another aspect of money flows to me easily. It's the opposite of what most of us have been conditioned to believe. So just know that like what's really going on is, you know, it's like you could manifest six pack abs, but they would probably come to you way faster if you were going to the gym every day. Why? Because if you're going to the gym every day, you believe that it's working. If you're doing Sobog Kriya every day, you believe that it's working. Now, technically, yeah, like, you know, you could just mindset it away, but it's basic. The chances of it manifesting are basically zero because you give in to fear so much. You don't have that type of uninterrupted manifesting force that says, I say it and so it will be. You have to supply it with, you have to reinforce it with action and be like, here's how I could see this happening no matter what. Um, all right. This question, how do you do your launches? Is it all just Instagram and list? Yes, it is all Instagram and list, but my launches represent years, three years of refining, refining, refining. I first started really implementing launch strategy. Um, when I bought the book launch by Jeff Walker and I really contemplated it and it was while Patrick and I were on the road that I really started to think about launching. So I launched just live on Instagram a lot without just seeing, you know, what do my people, what kind of message here works? You know, how do I want to say this and getting comfortable with that? Now, before that I had been selling my wares on Instagram pretty consistently. I think one of the biggest obstacles to launching is people believing that, that 
their selling is inconveniencing people. That's just a belief. People love being sold to and, and people like being told what they want as well. Um, so I do all of my launches on Instagram and my newsletter list, but the content of those launches is representative of a lot of Kaizen and Kaizen is perpetual progress in every area of life. Like I've really been asking myself, how can I make these better? How can I do these? Um, how can I make these even more high quality? How can my language be even more compelling? How can I connect with my customer in a deeper way? What are the disadvantages of this? Like, like I said, you can, you can make money however you like it. So if you don't like the results that you're getting with your launches, but you have a vision on the break line of your like $100,000 launches while I'm chilling the entire time. There's always a way to get there. It's just going to take time and refining. And you can't just give up when you get a batch of results that you don't like. You know, you have to ask yourself, what was different this time? How can I do it better? Um, what felt like work? How could I make this easier? What's the feedback telling me? What is this telling me about what type of bonus I'm offering? Do people like a cash discount or do they like a bonus of time? Like, and, and learning all of that. Um, but I really started implementing launch strategy in 2017. And now it's quite a bit easier for me, both because of how I've changed as a person um, but also the platforms and the automation and the elimination and the delegation that allows me uh, to let it be easy. It's always a combination of business and magic. <laughs> it always has been that way. When I'm starting from scratch, how do you start or how do you decide a direction? You do my workshop, how to start a business from scratch. That's it. That's the best possible thing that you can do that workshop, how to start a business from scratch, because there's many questions that you have to ask yourself in certain order. And like this, not, you know, the school season two, I'm going to be really okay with not simplifying it for new, for a new audience. I want all the same students that were in the school season one, and now let's do it, but talking about business and talking about sex and how eroticism plays such a big part in business. And as a woman, you have wiles and you need to understand them and you need to know how to use them and not be ashamed of them. It's like super, super important. So many of us like don't want to use beauty to our advantage and are like seething with jealousy when other women do. And that's finite. So, uh, um, but I'm going to be really okay with like using fourth way language because we all spent, I'm not going to stop and explain the law of the octave every time. I'm not going to stop and explain the law of the pendulum any, every time. Like we can apply these tools to business and see really, really, really massive results. But if we're making it for beginners, I'm going to be okay with having an, a more elite schooling program where you really have to have gone to season one to be able to understand season two. So I would get on that ASAP so that you can get on a live round of school. But there's a, the school is going to be a greater brand. I want to teach everything from fine art, like different paintings that you can contemplate that will reveal the secrets of the universe to you, um, cooking, everything. Uh, but how to start a business from scratch. It's so important that I have that resource for somebody that's just beginning, you know, somebody that's at the very, very, very beginning. Um, because there, there's almost 10 years between where I started and where I am now. 
and the school of unified spiritual laws and the school of business and pleasure. These represent like 10 years on this path. I, I speak a different language and I don't want to teach the basics anymore because I've already replaced myself when it comes to teaching my basics class. But there's nothing that's better than that than from scratch. Kim says, so what do we do if we miss a day of Sobog Kriya? Add on it at the end of the 40 days. Um, I personally have a commitment where I don't miss a day of my practice no matter what. So one time so far this Sobog, I had to do it lying down. It was at the end of a really long day. We had done like our monthly grocery shopping trip and it was just like, shit was just fucking chaos here. The baby didn't sleep and I was doing Sobog Kriya and I like fell asleep in it. But like God knows who I am, you know, God knows my heart. So I'm going to tell you like, yeah, definitely add a day onto the end of it if you missed one. But think about the type of person you would be if you never missed a day of your spiritual practice, no matter what, if you just made time for it, no matter what. And the reason why I do it is because it's like, that's my best. And I know that if I do my best, then everything is going to work out for me. It doesn't matter how long I take, but I'm really doing my best. So I'm always reading business books. I'm always doing a spiritual practice or a Kriya um, and something that's, that's rateable, something that I can evaluate and something that I show up for every single day. So I'm not saying that it has to be like Kundalini yoga, but having the, the mindset of even if it's only for five minutes, I do it every single day. Even if it's only for five minutes, I do it for every single day because there's so much that can come to you when you show up every day for something and the type of stability, the type of inner stability that you feel when you're showing up every day for practice, that's, that's a, so, so change the practice so you can show up for it every day instead of missing a day and then trying to supplement it with like a perfect day of practice at the end of it. Just adapt your practice so you can show up every day for it. That's what I feel is the best advice on that. And I think that that's, and I think that that's it for questions today. Perfect, because my throat's as dry as the friggin' desert. Um, when it comes to the trailers for this next season of the school, I'm just going to take a little breath to get that together for everyone because this has been canceled twice. I was supposed to show up for the first day of the launch. My son got sick for like the first time in his entire life, but I healed him because I'm a witch. But then the second time the internet went out. So with every single obstacle that has come with this launch, I see an opportunity to make the product even better, to make it easier on myself, to really think about my long-term commitments, the execution of this launch, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'm really grateful for those, but I'm going to do my fucking best to have the debut launch of the school season two on Friday, but we'll just see what God will give me because, you know, I have no control over certain things. So thank you all so much for being on this call. It's nice to be here. We went over quite a lot today and, uh, I'll see you all on the Bruja report. We have an affiliate call on the fifth at 10 AM. So we'll see you there. All right, everyone. Satnam. Have a wonderful day. Bye.